This is the Action Network Podcast. And this one is good. All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. Welcome to the Action Network Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Anderson, here with Raheem Palmer. Getting you ready for Week 13 action with another Strong Side Fridays episode. We missed you guys last Friday off with it Thanksgiving holiday, but we are back to run through some of the top games of the week this week. Not a lot of top games this week. Kind of a weird slay. What do you make of it, Raheem? I think the biggest thing that you see right now is that there's a lot of heavy favorites. Cardinals, Bears, Colts, Texans, Chiefs, Broncos. So we're just trying to get to the best games this week, the most entertaining games, and hopefully give you some information which can help you make some money. Yeah, for sure. So like usual, we're going to hit our what we think are the top three games for Sunday and do matchups, analysis, betting angles, the whole works. And then we will get to our best bets for week 13 and then hit the look ahead for next Sunday. Don't forget to download the app, of course, and make sure to subscribe to the podcast. As always, odds are from BetMGM. Let's get down to business and talk about our games of the week. Let's get down, let's get down to business. So let's get down, let's get down to business. So, let's get down, let's so of course, just so that's mentioned, the real game of the week this week comes Monday night. That's New England in Buffalo, Patriots, Bills. We will cover that one. We did cover a little bit already. So check the Monday podcast. Both Raheem and I took New England on the hot read. We'll cover that one on the future Monday podcast that's coming to you that we'll record Sunday night and give you a whole breakdown of that one. So that one is coming. Today, we're going to start out with the Chargers and the Bengals. So in that early Sunday window, uh, Raheem, you mentioned lots of big favorites this week. I think there are five touchdown or more favorites in that early window. This really is the one close unpredictable perhaps game in that window. So right now, Bengals favored by three at home, basically the standard home line in there. So my first question for you on this one, which of these two teams would you rather face in the playoffs right now? If you're a playoff team, and I know matchups and everything, but just generally speaking, which opponent here scares you more? Yeah, this, this is really, really, really tough because I think when you look at these two teams, the Chargers have the better offense, but their defense is so bad that when you look at the Chargers, they're 23rd in defensive DVOA. They could be run on. They've had some injuries. Whereas I think in the playoffs, you're facing a Bengals team, which has a little better, a better defense. You're not just going to be able to just run the ball over the Bengals the way teams have been doing against the Chargers. So I would rather, I would rather face the Chargers. Yeah, that's interesting. I, it probably depends, of course, on who you are. To me, I think it's a, a variance sort of thing. The Bengals, I think, have a safer floor. We've seen the bottom really drop out on the Chargers, especially in, in recent weeks. But I don't think the Bengals can match the ceiling of the Chargers. The Chargers, if they play their best, especially if the offense is playing their best, are still maybe as scary as any team in the AFC. Like, if they come out and play their best ball, they can just beat you straight up, no matter how well you're playing. 
I don't know if I think that about the Bengals. I, I think I don't think that about the Bengals. And the Bengals can come out and play tough and make you fight for it. But the Chargers could just straight up beat you. And so that, that's informing how I'm looking at this game a little bit because uh, what I'm wondering here, so Bengals by three, it was three and a half earlier this week when I wrote about this one. So I took Chargers then at three and a half. Are we sure the right team is favored here? Should, should the Bengals definitely be favored? Are they the better team? I think you will. You have to make the Bengals favorite at home. I just don't think that they should be favored by three and a half. When you look at the look ahead game, look ahead line for this game, it was Bengals minus one and a half. So I think the value lies on the Chargers. Yeah, I think the, the line is getting inflated a little bit by some recency bias. I think you probably agree with that. So last week, of course, the Bengals destroyed the Steelers 41 10 is in the week before they crushed the, the Raiders 32 to 13. So right now it's all in on the Bengals and the Chargers lost in Denver and weren't really super competitive. So everything leans momentum wise toward the Bengals, but momentum isn't necessarily a thing and certainly not from week to week. The Bengals right before those two big wins lost 41 16 to the Browns, their worst game of the season. The game before that they lost to the Jets who are not good. So it just, that to me, if this game was two weeks ago, what would the line have been? I think very different because we're feeling good about the Chargers. We're not really sure if the Bengals are even a playoff team. Suddenly now we get a couple of these results, and I think the line moves and gives a lot of value here. Do, do you agree that th- there's some recency bias kind of playing to the line here? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. When you look at the fact that, like you said before, they gave up 34 points to the Jets and Mike White and lost outright. They gave up 41 points to the Browns. The Browns haven't been able to score since. They put up 10 points on this bad Baltimore defense. So there's plenty of recency bias here. And then I think when you actually dig into the match, like really dig into it, Justin Herbert struggled last week against a Broncos team, which blitzes heavily. This is not something that the Bengals do. The Bengals don't blitz a ton. So I think this is a matchup where Justin Herbert can thrive and he can get the ball to Mike Williams and he can get the ball to Keenan Allen. When you look at the Bengals, they're 16th in football outsiders defensive DBA, but they've played the 27th ranked schedule of opposing offense. So they haven't played too many offenses that were really as good as this, this Chargers offense. So I think this is a step up in, in competition. Like I said before, look at headline was one and a half. Now you get plus three. The value's on the Chargers. Yeah, I agree. It's easy. If you watch last week or you saw the highlights, what you saw was Big Ben against the Bengals just constantly under pressure. Like, dude is just getting hit on every single play. And so it's easy to see that and be like, oh, man, the Bengals, their defense, they're really coming at it, and they're going to make life hard for Herbert. You know, it won't be easy, but the secondary has been beatable. And let's just be honest, Justin Herbert, not Big Ben. Like, that, that dude's a statue back there, or Big Ben is. Herbert can move around. Herbert can create, kind of go do his thing and get out of the pocket, make some space, buy a little time, all things that Big Ben doesn't do anymore. I guess ironic that Big Ben doesn't have time at this point, but the Chargers offense, like you talked about DVOA, we talk about DVOA a lot because it's a way to take scheduling into account and opponent strength into account. Right now, Los Angeles is the number two DVOA offense in the entire league. If someone told us that a couple of weeks ago, you'd be like, oh, yeah, of course. The Rams are the number two offense. No, no, no. Not the other Los Angeles, so the Chargers. And it is, it is giving them a little too much credit. 
They're pretty far behind number one, who is Tampa. They're actually closer to number 16 in offensive DVOA than to number one. But even so, the offense is good. They're top 10 in passing and running. Herbert is good and can make some plays. And the Chargers uh, pass blocking has been really improved this year, too. So I agree. I like the Chargers here. The one thing that does give me some concern, do you worry that Joe Mixon could just run on this team and just control the clock and get kind of a little bit what we saw last week where the Chargers aren't in it because Mixon's running all over a team? A lot of last week was Justin Herbert struggling. And, you know, this team only had 10 points midway through the third quarter. So I think it's going to come down to the Chargers offense. Like that's, that's how, like you mentioned it earlier, the Chargers have a higher ceiling and it's because Justin Herbert. So if the Chargers can score points like we think they will be, they're going to cover and possibly win this game. If they don't, then you're going to have a situation where the Bengals blow this team out and they're running the ball down their throat. So it's a passing yeah. league at the end of the day. If you've got to be bad in one area, you'd rather be them be bad and running. So yeah, totally agree. We're on the same side of this one. One other trend to note, something we've talked a lot about all season long, short road dogs this season. So a touchdown or less 53 and 22 against the spread 71% cover rate. That is a huge, huge trend in our favor. Short road dogs are 42 and 32 straight up. So if you play the money line here, that trend has been 55% ROI on the season. I like the Chargers. You like the Chargers. I'm going to play the money line. Are, are you playing money line too or just sticking with the spread? No, I'm, just, I'm just sticking with the spread. I actually put it in my contest, so I'll be playing a plus three and a half. All right. So we agree on the Chargers, one underdog. Let's go to another underdog spot here, Baltimore and Pittsburgh. I love this game. Historically, I love this game. I love this rivalry. This is like black and blue football, smash mouth, hit you in the face, hit me back. It's like, Keep punching and see who who staggers first. We know how this rivalry has gone over the years. It seems like whatever is the case, it always feels close. So that makes me immediately see this line. Baltimore on the road, giving four and a half points and think, man, this, this line feels a little high, but we just talked about Pittsburgh. They got crushed by the Bengals last week. So my first question is, we're, you know, you and I into the season, we really dumped on Pittsburgh. We, we had a lot of, of Steelers slander on our preseason takes. Were we right all along and got kind of duped into thinking that they were hanging around? Or do you think there's some fight left for the, for the Steelers? I think there's some fight left. I, I think when you look at the Steelers, they struggle with the Bengals all year. Like sometimes a team just has your number. That doesn't necessarily make you a bad team. Now, I don't think anybody, any of, we definitely didn't think the Steelers were going to be a great team coming into this year. Like, but they beat Buffalo. Obviously, they lost to the Raiders, who's, uh, like, very underrated. But two of their losses come against the Bengals. And this is a Bengals team, which, I mean, they're, they're, they look like they're headed for the playoffs. There's a lot of parity this year in the league. And I, I, to me, when you look at this matchup, it's more about Baltimore than, than it is Pittsburgh. Baltimore... It's just as average as Pittsburgh. Like Baltimore, to me, they're the most fraudulent eight and three team that we've seen in recent memory. Despite being their first in the AFC, but they have a point yeah. differential of plus twenty three, which is seven behind the Patriots, the Bills, the Bengals, the Colts, the Broncos, and the Chiefs. And they have a Pythagorean expectation of just six wins. So this eight and three team is playing like a six win team. They're basically floating on thin ice. They need a comeback wins to defeat the Chiefs. 
the Lions, the Colts, the Vikings, and the Bears. So I, I think when you look at this game, this is going to be a classic Steelers versus Ravens game. Whoever wins this game is probably going to win by three. And with the Steelers getting embarrassed last week, I think this is a good bounce back spot for them. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. If you look at the history between these teams, we talked about it a little bit. So of the last 12 matchups between the Ravens and Steelers, eight games have been down to one score. The last During that stretch, six of them in Pittsburgh, five one-score games. Baltimore only had one win in that stretch over the last six years by more than three. So enough to actually cover this. You know, I listened uh, on our podcast on uh, the Wednesday night, Thursday episode from the six pack. Stucky had a great stat on here. Since John Harbaugh arrived in Baltimore, favorites of either one in this rivalry. So Pittsburgh or Baltimore, if they're favored by three or more, favorites are one, 13 and two against the spread. You just don't win by more than a field goal in this rivalry. So I think that the line is too high. And I agree. The Ravens just don't seem super impressive. Like we know that the Steelers offense is not looking. The Steelers really aren't good at anything. Let's be honest. The Steelers, if you look at their DVOA, you can look at run attack, passing attack, run defense, passing defense, bottom 10 in all four of them. This is not a bet on the Steelers necessarily. Uh, but it is Pittsburgh at home where they're good, where they've been getting underdog spot. And the thing is that Baltimore just isn't much better. Like we knew that Pittsburgh's offensive line would be a big problem. It has been. I think Baltimore's offensive line is a big problem in this game. Their line has not been much better than Pittsburgh. It's bottom five almost in, in a lot of the metrics if you look at it. And they're especially bad against pass blocking. Well, what's the one thing Pittsburgh still does well? They rush the passer. They always get after the passer. And so I think that could be a problem in this game. I think it's going to be one of those classic, ugly Raven Steelers, hard to come by points. And you know, when you're looking at like an under and a, and a low scoring game, four and a half is just a lot of points to cover. Oh, yeah. I mean, without a doubt. And I think the biggest thing is the Ravens have struggled on defense this year. They're 20th in drop back EPA per play. And they're dead last in explosive play rate on defense. So I actually think this is a game in which the Steelers can put up good off. And look, all Ben has to do is get the ball out quick. He gets the ball out quick to Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool. And I think they can make some big plays with yards after their catch. And I, I think this Ravens defense can really be beat. And obviously, you look at their offense. Their offense has completely fell off a cliff. This team can't run the ball. and. Outside of Lamar Jackson, this team can't run the ball, period. And you look at the last three games, and I know Lamar didn't play for one of them, but they scored 10 points, 16 points, and 16 points against the Dolphins, Bears, and the Browns the last three weeks. And then this team, all year long, they've struggled with getting off to the hot start. They're just 20th in first half points per game, 10.3 points per game in the first half of these games, and that's why they have to come back. And look, the big trend in this game is Mike Tomlin as an underdog. Yep. He's 42, 21 and 2, 67% against the spread. As a home dog, he's 12, 3 and 2, 80% against the spread. This is a positive expected value wager. I know there's been some, some money on the Ravens pushing this line up to four and a half, but I'm all over the Steelers here. I'm taking them at plus four and a half, and I'm taking them in the contest at plus three and a half. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm on those Tomlin trends as well. As a home dog, the, the Tomlin and the Steelers have covered six times in a row. 
So definitely that's been going well, even as Big Ben has kind of fallen off a cliff. Well, that's being factored into the line. So that's already, that's why this line is so high. Otherwise, it certainly wouldn't be the way Baltimore is playing. And I'm on the money line too. Tomlin as, an, as a money line underdog, 34 and 31. So he's got a winning record as an underdog, 32% ROI. This year as an underdog, Steelers are three and three. And I know you're thinking like, oh, well, that, that's not that exciting. No, it is because it's an underdog. We're getting plus juice on it. So 39% ROI this year on the money line. So I know I took Pittsburgh last week. It did not go well for me. It was a very bad pick. Cincinnati destroyed them. You've got to have a short memory as a batter. You can't be looking at last week and being like, oh man, Pittsburgh burned me. I'm out. I can't do it. I can't bet them again. The books know that. Like that's exactly what all of us are thinking. Nobody wants to play Pittsburgh right now. That's why we have to play them in the spot. So uh, I'm on the four and a half. I'm on the money line plus 180. I'm seeing out there. Uh, I'm assuming you are again on the uh, the spread, but not the money line here. Yeah, and be- and before we move on, I think it's important to note that Joe Hayden will be back for this game, and he's just you know he's big for them at corner. T.J. White might not play, but I still think this is a good spot for the Steelers. I think the market is really overvaluing the Baltimore Ravens. It's only so long. I say this every week. Jay-Z, like Jay-Z said in the takeover, it's only so long fake thugs can pretend the Ravens are a fake thug. We're going to take with we're going to run with the Steelers. <laughs> yeah, this, this just feels like a week. I, I took a lot of underdogs in my picks. It feels like one of those weeks where things kind of balance out. We've got a lot of these big favorites that look like they're a little bit overrated. And it feels like a spot where we're going to even out some of these records that we've been waiting on all year. So one more spot where I think that could happen is our other big afternoon game, San Francisco in Seattle. San Francisco is giving three and a half points on the road to the Seahawks. So we all watched Seattle Monday night. Was Is that the end? You look at the playoff picture. They put the graphic on the screen. We got 14 NFC teams in the playoff picture. The only two that are not are the Wobegon Detroit Lions, who haven't won a game, and the Seattle Seahawks at three and eight. They're the one team with the Lions hanging out at the kids' table. So it was Monday night the end for Seattle? Is this the end for Russell Wilson, or, or do you think they still have any fight left in them? It's tough to say a team with Russell Wilson that's not going to have a, any fight in them. But he looks bad right now. And like he's missing throws all over the place. He's 28th in success rate. He's 22nd in EPA per play, completion over expectation. He's just really struggling right now. This is not Russell Wilson out there. DK Metcalf has, you know, he's had some issues with this team right now. And then the defense is bad. So I I don't want to say this is the end. I actually think there might be some value on the on the Seahawks this week. I think you take took the Seahawks. What's your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I agree. Uh, again, another underdog spot I like because San Francisco is playing really well. I actually like San Fran. I will come back to them on the look ahead, in fact. But that doesn't mean you take them every week. And you can win this game, perhaps, even without covering. So you've got to make the distinction there. Russell Wilson, 24-12-2 against the spread as an underdog, 67% cover rate. We know Seattle is tough at home. DK Metcalf has been really good against the Niners too. And uh, their pass defense has not been great. They actually have allowed the third most yards to wide receiver ones. So I think it could be a big DK game, possible prop there if you want to play it. Uh, San Francisco too, as well as they're playing, and they've been like, I think the number one EPA offense over the last month or so, that's because they finally got healthy. They got Trent Williams back, who is 
probably the best offensive lineman in the league, maybe one of the best non-quarterbacks in the entire NFL. They got George Kittle back. All that's great, but now they lost Debo Samuel, and that's a huge deal. Seattle's run defense is kind of solid. Their pass defense is where you beat them, and Debo has been the big weapon that could really hurt them. San Fran lost Fred Warner, too. It's a big loss on defense, especially with Russell Wilson's ability to kind of scramble and create. So this is a spot, I think, where San Fran has all the momentum right now. They've got all the wins. But if you look at a trend, teams on a three-game losing streak like Seattle, when they play a team on a two- or three-game winning streak, we know that line's going to be inflated. Here's what happens. Those teams on the losing streak, 59-32-2 and against the spread. They're covering 65% of the time. That's a huge number. Two-thirds of the time they're covering. They've covered seven straight. They're 2-0 and this year. In a league of parity, this is a parity spot where you say, look, Seattle is down and out, but this is the season. Russell Wilson is going to play with pride. I think he's, he's clearly not great, but he's getting a little better. The throwing was a little better last week. I think Seattle just does enough here to be able to hang around and have some value here. You know, I initially grabbed the two and a half with the, with the 49ers as I was watching the game against the Washington football team. But I, I think the 49ers are dealing with some injuries. Yeah. Obviously, you got Fred Warner out. You got Drake Greenlaw out. Debo Stanley, who you mentioned, that's a big loss for this team. So I'm probably going to buy back on my position and, and grab the Seahawks at plus three and a half. And just hope that it lands in the middle somewhere. But I, I really don't want much to do with this game with the way Russell Wilson is playing right now. He's just not accurate right now. The Seahawks defense really isn't good right now. But on the other side of the ball, the 49ers are playing so well. I, I just don't know how you fade this team. But when you look at the trends, the Seahawks have really dominated this team in recent numbers. Yep. They're 14-5-1 they're in the last 20 matchups against the spread. And, I mean, this could be a matchup where Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson could get it done. I, I, they're just yeah. a, veteran, a veteran quarterback. You're never going to expect them to completely give up. So Yeah, you, you said, I don't know how you fade the 49ers right now. I got your answer for you. You ready? It's Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan is a favorite. It's how you fade the 49ers. We know this. We've talked about the numbers a lot of times. Shanahan is 2-7 and seven straight up against Pete Carroll. So we know it's not a good matchup, including one and two as a favorite, Kyle Shanahan, 11, 22 and a one against the spread as a favorite. That is abysmal. 33% cover rate. Oh, wait, it gets worse. As a road favorite, Kyle Shanahan, four, 15 and a one as a road favorite against the spread. 21% cover rate. The 49ers as road favorites had failed to cover nine straight times until they did it in Minnesota last week. So it's a bad spot for Kyle Shanahan. It's just as a favorite, not getting the job done. Money lines against Shanahan the last two years, 69% ROI. So you want to bet against Shanahan in this spot. Like you said, all three of these games, I think, if the line was a little lower, if it was like a minus two or a two and a half, I'd be very tempted to just ride the better team. But when we're getting above the, the key number, we're getting a little too much value here. You got to like the underdog. So I'm on Seattle three and a half. Again, I'm going to take the money line. Keep going with the trend here. Plus 150. In fact, if you want, if you want to get aggressive, Chargers, Ravens, Seahawks, money line parlay, plus 16 to one. So you can get 16 to one return if all three of those come through. I know you're not going to play that one, 
if you had to do one money line out of these three dogs, we like all the dogs, Chargers, Ravens, or Seahawks, which money line, uh, uh, sorry, Chargers, Steelers, or Seahawks, which money line would you play if you picked one? I had to play one. I'd probably go with the Chargers. Okay. Yeah. I think I like the Chargers best as well, but we, we shall see. All right. Let's hear a quick word from our sponsor before we make some best bets. The Action Network podcast is proudly presented by BetMGM. And to celebrate the 2021 NFL season, BetMGM is offering a great sign-up offer for our listeners, a $1,000 risk-free first bet. You just open an account at BetMGM and make your first deposit. Then make your first bet. If that bet wins, the money is yours. And if your bet doesn't win, BetMGM will refund you in free bets up to $1,000. It's that simple. To get started, just click on the link in this episode description. BetMGM has been a great podcast partner, and they've got all the best features for NFL betting, like live betting and daily odds boosts. Plus, BetMGM is compatible with our BetSync technology, so when you place a wager at BetMGM, that bet can automatically be tracked in your action app. So open an account today and make your first bet risk-free up to $1,000. Just click on the link in this episode description to get started. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Michigan, New Jersey, Colorado, Indiana, West Virginia, Iowa, Virginia, Tennessee, Nevada, or Pennsylvania. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-270-7117 in Michigan. 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Or 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia. BetSync not available in Nevada. Thanks so much for listening. Let's get back to the show. All right, best bets for the week. Again, as always, we're going to run through these quickly. We've already made these picks on our app, on the website, actionnetwork.com, on social media. So, Raheem, what is your first best bet this week? I I think you got a teaser on the way for us, yeah? I actually have a teaser, but I I think I'm going to go with my other pick. I like like this other pick. I like the Washington football team this week. Look, the, the, the Raiders, they defeated a banged up Cowboys team in a game where an opponent was flagged 14 times, 166 yards, with four pass interference penalties against the same guy on third and long. Look, they they, they played well against a, a banged-up Cowboys team, and a, a Cowboys team which just struggled defensively. But when you look at their three games previously, the Giants, the Chiefs, the Bengals, they scored 16, 14, and 13 points respectively. Terrell Heineke is first in EPA for play composite over the last four weeks. This Washington football team offense is seven for EPA per play, six in success rate. Terry McLaurin and, and Logan Thomas are going to get off. I think Antonio Gibson should be able to do some things on the ground. And this Raiders defense is really struggling. They gave up 40, they gave up 23, 41, 32, and 33 against the Giants, Chiefs, Bengals, and Cowboys over the last four weeks. This is going to be a shootout, but you look at the fact that there's no Darren Waller for the Raiders. That's their big target. No Darren Waller, Sean Jackson actually popped up on the injury report. This offense has really struggled outside of their game against the Cowboys without Henry Ruggs III. Give me the Washington football team plus three. Take them on the money line, too. That's another wow. dog that I like. If you want to sprinkle some, some, some money on the over, you can do that as well. Uh, it's an underdogs podcast today. And for my pick, I'm actually going to do a trend here more than a pick. 
sticking with the underdog theme, we said favorites this week. We've got seven games with a team favored by a full seven points or more. So let me just throw up the caution here. You guys all know I love my favorites. They've not been kind to me lately. Last week was a good week for favorites, but overall, these big favorites are not covering. In November, favorites of seven or more, seven and 15 against the spread. So failing to cover 69% of the time by 5.2 points a game. On the money line, underdogs in November, nine and 13. That's, that's not just underdogs. Those are touchdown underdogs. And four more of those games were lost by a field goal or less. So they could have been 13 and nine. They were that close there. We had a few very close losses, some big, big upsets. So this is not a best bet per se. This is a warning against you getting too confident in a best bet on some of these big favorites. Here's the favorites this week to be careful with. Rams, Bucks, Chiefs, Colts, Cardinals, Vikings, and Eagles. All seven or more point favorites. I talked about a couple of them on the podcast last week, but these favorites just aren't showing up. And we're seeing this year, nobody knows who's good. And the standings just keep compressing more and more. So be careful with those favorites out there. Be careful teasing them down uh, where, you've, where you're getting too close to a money line. We're seeing some upsets. So that, that's my version of a best bet. What's your other best bet for week 13? I really like this teaser. Minnesota Vikings pick them. Look, the Detroit Lions, they're not going to win a game this year. Um, it's unfortunate, but it's just not going to happen. DeAndre Swift is out. He's the guy that, you know, you want to run with. Vikings should be able to win this game. And then also... New England Patriots, we're going to tease that up from plus three up to plus nine. You want to get this now. I think there's some plus threes in the market, but there's some two and a half in the market. The big reason why you want to take New England on this teaser is that there's going to be some snow on Monday night. And this total has dropped down from 45 to 43 and a half. There's some 43s, 42s in the market. And we all know that you're teaser and your points are more valuable in a lower scoring game. Obviously the Buffalo Bills, they can't really run the ball that well, but the Patriots can. So this is, they're going to be able to keep this within the number. I think the the Patriots are probably my favorite teaser leg of this week. And the Lions go out there and beat me, they go out there and beat me. But I don't see it happening. Yeah, you know me, I'm a Vikings fan and a sports nihilist. So I'm going to stay away from that just because this could be, I know I I must have said this on every week that This could be that game that finally is the last nail in the coffin for Zimmer if they can't pull it out. It sure looks like a game that the Vikings should pass all over Detroit and get the job done. But the Vikings haven't really done any shows this year very correctly. So I agree with you on New England. We both like that. We'll talk more about that one on the Sunday night podcast. My other best bet, I'm going to the futures play here. I've got an article that will be coming out at Action Network on Friday. Checking in on the MVP race. You guys know I love the MVP race. I've been big on Tom Brady all year. That's been my guy. I'm a little worried. Brady's got a tough schedule coming up. They play the Saints, the Bills. They play twice against the Panthers. Those are really tough defenses. He's not looked quite as good lately. Antonio Brown still missing somehow with whatever ankle injury he's had. I'm getting a little nervous. And we've said all year, this MVP race feels just wide open. Like it feels like you could just almost throw out everything we've seen so far and just see who gets hot for the last six weeks. So I did a little digging and I noticed, I think we talked about this before. So if you look at EPA, expected points added over the last decade, throw out Adrian Peterson, the one non-quarterback to win, throw out Cam Newton because he's a unique sort of quarterback. Otherwise, 
the MVP over the last decade has been number one in EPA eight of the nine years, and they've been top three in EPA plus completion over expected uh, all nine years and number one, six of the time. So here's my question, Raheem. Do you know what quarterback so far this season is number one in both EPA and completion over expected? I'm going to guess that it's probably Kyler Murray. It is Kyler Murray, and that's my play here. So you can get him at 13 to one. And I know it's an unprecedented sort of MVP. How do you miss the entire month of November, basically, and still win MVP? Well, guess what? All the other MVPs sucked in November. Like, not playing at all, it turns out, is better than all the terrible things that, like, here's what happened in November. Josh Allen lost a couple of big games. Justin Herbert fell off a cliff. Matt Stafford dug his own grave and threw himself into it. Aaron Rodgers got COVID and did the whole media thing. Like, uh, Dak Prescott, the Cowboys are in free fall. Who, who are the other MVP candidates? Kyler Murray, almost just by stepping away and getting healthy for a while, in good shape. The Cardinals are 9-2. and two. Kyler win healthy, 7-0. and oh. They're going to get Kyler back, rested on a month. They're getting Nuke Hopkins back. Chase Edmonds should be back soon. Schedule is, is looking a lot better now than it did earlier. Bears, Rams for Monday night, where the Rams are not looking good. That's in Arizona. You can basically clinch the division there. Lions, Colts, another home game. And then Cowboys and Seattle. There's some big spots for Murray to have a big game. There's a real chance we know that MVPs come from winning teams. The Cardinals are a great spot right now to get that NFC one seed. And especially if you've got money on Brady already, I think Kyler is a really important hedge at this point because the Cardinals are the most likely team to stop the Bucs from getting that one seed and put them in the way. So Kyler Murray, 13 to one. That's basically the number we got on Brady the start of the year. Before Kyler got hurt, he was half of that. He was like 600 or 650. So I like Kyler a lot. We've talked a lot about the MVP race. Did I sell you on Kyler's odds at all? I think it's interesting, but, you know, I'm, I'm a little, I'm, I'm conservative with these type of things. But I, 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 think, I think you presented a good case. And I, I think if he comes back strong and he finishes out the season well, I think you, you have a, a really good case. But the fact that he missed so much time is just, it's tough. I mean, even with you saying that a lot of these players didn't play well, Tom Brady still had to drive this team back from a 10-point deficit. You look at Lamar Jackson. He still got the win last week. So it's, it's tough to put a guy – like Colt McCoy actually came in and won some games. I think Dak Prescott has kind of played his way out of it. He's been really inconsistent since he came back from his injury. I think Lamar has been really rough. But I think you had the initial read correct the first time. You said Tom Brady, and I think he may end up getting yeah, I, I still like my Tom odds, but I think that Kyler is a good hedge at this point. Uh, so it's interesting. It's definitely a very open MVP race. I don't remember one feeling this unpredictable. Uh, you know, we're in December now. We have no idea who it's going to be. It, it's Brady is like the default MVP. No one is really that excited about what he's been doing. You look in those EPAs, completion over expected. Brady's only like sixth, seventh, eighth in those. You know, he, he's going to have to be a little better, I think, to get it. So I haven't given up hope on him but I do think Kyler will have a shot if he comes back here. All right, let's get out of here. But before we do, we need to hit our week 14 look ahead. Hot rock. Blue 17. Nice right. Ice cream. Jose. Pluto Raiders. So you know how we do. We go ahead to next Sunday, get some early value. You've got a really interesting one for next Sunday. So what's your week 14 look ahead? I'm going to go with Saints Jets over 43 and a half. I think this total is way too low. When I look at my model, I actually have this around 47. 
look, I mean, I know the Saints offense has really been struggling recently, but this is still a, a really, really bad Jets defense. I mean, they, they rank towards the bottom of every metric you can find, whether it's success rate, whether it's EPA for play. The Saints are going to find some success. Hopefully at that point, Alvin Kamara will be back in the lineup. And then when you look at the other side of the ball, I think the Saints have really been struggling defensively. And I, I just think 43 is such a low total. You kind of can call sneeze, pass interference your way <laughs> over the total. So I'm going to grab that now. I'm not really that crazy about anything else, but I, my model makes this a lot higher. And then when you also have, you're looking at a six point spread, in order for the Saints to cover that, it's kind of got to go over. So let's take that over 43 and a half. I think it's probably go up to 45 or something. Yeah, it's a rough slate for week 14. I had a pretty hard time coming up with a look ahead pick, too. I'm going to go with the 49ers on the road plus two in Cincinnati. I know we just said all those things about San Francisco earlier, but we said a lot about Cincinnati, too. The Niners are better than the Bengals. They're a lot better than the Bengals, especially the way that Niners are playing. It's possible that Debo Samuel or Fred Warner could be back for that game. Even if they're not, I just like San Fran better. And again, now you got an underdog spot. We're not backing Shanahan as a favorite. Underdog Shanahan as a road dog, 67% against the spread. So, you know, I think that the Bengals possibly lose the Chargers. We both like that one. The Niners maybe lose to Seattle, but might come out and win. I don't know if this line is going to move a ton before Sunday, but I really doubt that we're going to get it to a three or three and a half. I don't think it's going to move that far towards Cincinnati. So I'm just going to take it now. I'm going to make sure I get that underdog spot, the plus two, who's been a key number, like three at times with all the weird kicking stuff now. So it's not my strongest look ahead, but I like San Francisco plus two in Cincinnati. I'm not mad at that. I actually like this one too. And I think the one thing I liked about this one is I think what makes the look ahead segment that we do this week a lot tougher is that you have a lot of teams coming off of bye weeks. And in this segment, we're actually looking for games that we feel like are going to move. And with us picking the Chargers, we could see this line going down. So this is a game that I actually like as well. Whereas like a lot of some of these other games, a team's power rating isn't going to change when they're on a bye. So a lot of these numbers are going to be there next week. I think this one, probably won't be there, especially if the 49ers pull it off against the Seahawks and the Bengals lose as we're predicting. We like Chargers. So yeah, I, I agree. Definitely... I think, I think all these big favorites, like most of them are going to win still. And so then even if you get kind of an ugly win, you're not going to move the power ranking too much and their line's not going to move a whole lot. So yeah, that's probably what's happening here, but we will be back Sunday and get some hot reads in. We will get, I'm sure some line movement by Sunday night. Uh, so we'll catch you then. That is a wrap for today uh, on Strong Side Fridays. Make sure to download the app, rate, subscribe, and review the podcast. Raheem and I are back first thing Monday to run through the whole Week 13 slate. For Raheem Palmer, I'm Brandon Anderson, and this has been the Action Network Podcast. Enjoy your weekend.